Welcome to Sober Soapbox with Shanti, where we're going to talk recovery, healing, and transformation, and how that influences and affects daily life. If I think it, I'm going to say it, and we're going to talk openly about it. I want to know, am I the only person that has such a love-hate relationship with social media? Some days I love it and I can sit for hours scrolling through it. And other days I'm like, okay, I've had enough. I need a break from it. It's exhausting. And especially lately, I have been refraining from actually posting a lot of stuff on my private page. I went off Facebook ages ago. I mean, I'm still on it, but choose to rather never really post much on Facebook at all. My platform has always been Instagram because I love photos and I use my personal profile as a photo album with very few friends. I'm not one of those, look at me, I have thousands of friends, people. Decline, decline, decline. This is my personal platform and space and that's how I like to keep it. I actually think sometimes I would prefer to have no people following me there. I often ponder when did it become normal to look in on other people's intimate lives and why do we actually want to? My podcast profile is all about my recovery journey and my progress and obviously a great platform for connecting people, sharing information and promoting social causes just like I do with recovery. So I can't fault that but I really do still battle with it. My sister asked me the other day, are you going to buy followers? And I said, hell no, I couldn't be asked. And I would prefer if people want to follow me that it's for genuine reasons. I already battled trying to keep up with being on it. And I'm trying so hard to set an example for my boys. And how can I do that if I'm on it all the time? But I know the recovery profile is important because I know people need to make a connection and put a face to the name. And a lot of my messages and emails that I get are through it. But I don't want it to take away from my life and my time. And I feel that this is what social media really does. I often think my podcast profile is hard work and I hate trying to keep on top of that. I wish I could just post authentically when I want to, but the truth is, it doesn't work like that. If you want to engage with people. I do battle with this because I find it an absolute waste of time when things take ages to do. I was super frustrated the other day. I know to gain traction, you need to be consistent and have to put yourself out there on a personal level, which I also battle with. And I'd been doing that and getting a steady amount of followers. And then it was school holidays and I just didn't have the time. So I hadn't posted for a couple of days. And then I thought, nope, let's try to get back on this. So I used the schedule post option and thought, well, maybe if I do it for the week, then I don't have to look at it again. Well, what a ball ache. It took me forever and then said that I'd done something I wasn't meant to and it wasn't posting certain posts because it was trying to protect its platform. And with that deleted two posts that had taken me ages to do. And I was just like, oh, I want to give up. What a waste of time. And then I'm just mad and frustrated. And who can write motivating content when they feel like that? With my personal account, on the other hand, I often lie there in bed some evenings before I go to sleep and look over all my beautiful memories and I smile. I couldn't give two hoots about who likes my pictures, but all in all, I find social media 
mostly very vacuous and extremely surface level. It's a false intimacy between people you actually don't see or speak to. It's like a whole lot of pretending. You've heard people talking about other people on a regular basis, but you still see them liking and loving posts and then also commenting and you sort of go, but I thought you really didn't like that person. You've been pretty vocal about it in the past, so what's up with that? Or is there a social media code of fakeness I'm missing? Why would you even follow or watch anyone's videos you don't like? Yes, I do battle with this blatant fakeness, a place where relationships are perfect, liars believe they are telling their own truth, where your enemies are the ones visiting your profile most, friends are the ones that delete you, or someone is offended with something you say or post. I clearly have a problem with anything that's vacuous like this in my life, in case you haven't noticed yet. I must say, I do love a bit of depth anyway. I often worry about my boys growing up in this distorted reality and what effect it's going to have on their lives. Just the other night, we had a lot of people over and everyone actively got involved in the conversation when we brought up social media. And it wasn't in a positive way either. And that got me to thinking. And with some investigation, it didn't take long on the Google to see that the number one issue that comes up and that is indeed classified as an addiction Social media platforms are designed to be addictive, leading to excessive use and time spent on them, which results in neglecting your real life relationships, work and other important activities. Hmm, that sounds a lot like addiction to me. And just saying, dum dum dum, not far behind that is mental health issues. No surprise here. Studies have actually shown a correlation between excessive social media use and mental health problems such as anxiety, depression, loneliness and low self-esteem. Constant exposure to carefully curated highlight reels of others' lives can lead to feelings of inadequacy and comparison, again sounding very addiction-like to me. A person once told me outright that she cannot stand watching her friend's holiday stories because it makes her jealous. I was gobsmacked by that, which I couldn't hide and asked why. And then she got very uppity with me and she said she was being true to her feelings and adjusted. So she preferred rather not to engage at all with watching. I've obviously since come to realize that this is in fact an actual thing, something that's been studied. And the leading cause of envy and jealousy is holiday photos and videos on social media. I don't think it's right personally because I love seeing people's vacation photos. I love living through them, but I can see how if we are continuously being exposed to these perfect lives, how that would affect our state of mind, especially if your mindset is more on the negative side and you feel like your life is not good enough. Like with everything in life, I think perspective has a lot to do with it. If you're negative, then you may have negative side effects like FOMO, which will trigger feelings of envy and inadequacy, which lead to increased social comparison and a sense of dissatisfaction with one's own life. And then on the other hand, if you have a more positive mindset, you would see it as an inspiration to explore a new destination and plan a trip or seeing it as a connection or a shared experience instead of envy or virtual travel for those that can't travel themselves. But I really think the trick here is if we mind our emotional reactions to others' holidays and remember that things posted are a perfect version of reality, and if we rather focus on our personal experiences rather than comparisons, this can help mitigate those side effects. 
For me, I know when my mind was in such a fragile and weak state, social media became horribly painful for me. I just couldn't bear to watch certain stories or see photos because I couldn't handle them and had to choose to be absent while I worked through what was happening in my life. And it's amazing because I would feel better when I had a break. And then I would come back on and feel down again after a day or two. I was already working through my depression and I was a seesaw of emotion and seeing certain things affected my mental health terribly. I was battling to keep it together and social media had an awful effect on my moods. It was like a roller coaster on another roller coaster. Not far behind the negatives of social media are cyberbullying, privacy concerns, the spread of misinformation, which is huge, and you all know how everyone now is an expert in everything, distorted reality and decreased productivity. It is a major distraction in life. And what are we really doing? We are looking at what everyone else is doing. We are just not present. It's very sad how much time it steals and how much time we waste on it. Time that's our own and time of people we love in our lives too. Another definite downside to social media is this increased desire for validation. It's very negative. Seeing other people's posts with positive comments and likes can create a desire for validation and social approval. This can contribute to seeking external validation and basing self-worth on the amount of engagement you get from your photos. I feel like if we would our faith in a complete stranger online that we don't know from a bar of soap, why should we care who presses the like button? So this is something serious I'm taking into my hands to teach my boys now, because social media is going nowhere. So we really need to navigate this relatively new landscape better together to make sure they grow up to have a healthy relationship with it. They really need to see that real life and socials are two completely different places for most. If I post something, my oldest boy used to always ask me, how many likes do you have, mom? And my reply was always, nobody cares, my boy. Get that out of your mind that that is what matters. Likes do not validate who you are. My youngest now absolutely detests when I post something of him on socials. I don't tell him anymore when I do because he causes such a stink. Even though I hardly post much privately anymore, I feel that we need to practice what we preach. And if we are sitting on social media all day and they are seeing this, then they are going to grab thinking it must be amazing because the people we love are on it all the time. So it must be all that and more. What is so amazing that it has taken our parents away from us? If this wasn't such a problem, there wouldn't be so much money being pumped into studies on its effects being done. I've come not to trust what you see because I look back to my own profile when I was going through the hardest time of my life and I still have pictures smiling for the gram when I'd been holed up in my room for three days crying solid with depression. It wasn't that the moment wasn't good because they are all family photos and I pulled myself together as best as I could for my boys. But the truth when I look back at those is that I know how much pain there was behind them. But who was to know? So we post the best photos, with the best lighting, with the best effects. Some we even change the shape of our nose or make our skin smooth. We've all seen those extra pictures where someone's filtered it so much that they have no nose and the eyes seem to blend into the skin. Ay ay ay. We cannot judge people's lives by social media, and yet I think a lot of people do. People will build an opinion of someone they've never met based off social media. That has to be the height of fakeness. 
we also lose touch with each other because we see people posting every day or even every couple of days and you're like, yep, they're good. Life looks good. And the next minute you hear somebody's gotten separated or divorced and you're like, no way. They looked so perfect. Or somebody has taken their life and you just had no idea because every photo and every video and every reel they were posting was happy and fun. But obviously it wasn't then, was it? Now, I absolutely love Ben Shapiro. He's super smart and really makes a lot of sense of things in this crazy world that we're living in and keeps a lot of things in perspective. Now, he has not specifically written on the topic of kids growing up without social media. However, as a conservative commentator, he has expressed concerns about the negative effects of social media on teenagers and children and often discusses the impact of technology and social media on society, including issues such as cyberbullying, mental health and the erosion of privacy. I think it's imperative that we limit children's exposure to social media and rather promote alternative activities that encourage face-to-face -face interactions, critical thinking, and personal development. While social media has its drawbacks, which hugely outweigh the good, it also has positive aspects such as connecting people, sharing information, keeping in touch, and promoting social causes. The impact of social media largely depends on how it is used and the individual's ability to manage their own online presence and consumption. If you do feel that you are on social media too much and you are needing to curb your usage, there are several ways to try and control that time. One, you can set limits, establish specific time limits for social media usage, use apps or built-in features on devices that allow you to set screen time limits and you'll receive notifications when that limit is reached. Two, you can create a schedule, allocate specific times during the day for social media use. This helps in avoiding mindless scrolling and ensures that social media usage doesn't interfere with other important activities. Three, you can disable notifications, which means turn off push notifications for all social media apps to reduce the constant distractions and temptations to check them frequently. Four, you can use website blockers, install browser extensions or apps that block access to social media websites during certain hours or when you need to take the focus onto other tasks. Five, practice digital detox. I personally like this one. Take regular breaks from social media by completely disconnecting for a certain period, such as a day, weekend, or even a week. This allows you to reset and regain control over your social media usage. Six, Set goals and priorities. Identify your goals and priorities in life and ensure that social media usage aligns with them. If social media becomes a hindrance to achieving your goals, it may be necessary to reduce or eliminate its usage. Seven, find alternative activities. Now, this is also another personal favorite of mine. Engage in activities that provide fulfillment and enjoyment outside of social media. This could include hobbies, exercise, spending time with loved ones, reading books, or pursuing personal interests. At the end of the day, you need to do what works for you. With all the studies conducted, we can clearly see that social media is a problem and one that's not going anywhere. And it's up to you how you choose to navigate it and the effect it will have on you. As with anything, if it's having a negative effect, maybe it's time to start paying notice and altering habits. However, controlling social media is a personal choice and finding a balance that works for you is essential. 
Please always remember recovery is a journey that requires strength, resilience and support. This podcast is aimed to provide a safe space for individuals navigating their own paths to recovery, offering insights, stories and strategies to inspire and empower. By sharing personal experiences and sometimes expert advice, we hope to foster a sense of community and remind listeners that they are not alone in their struggles. Remember, recovery is possible, and with the right tools and support, each step forward brings us closer to a healthier, happier life. So thank you for listening to me again this week, and I will be here next week again, same time, same place. As always, feel free to share your stories or send your questions and thoughts through via email, where I'll be happy to chat about them or answer any questions. You can connect with me on Instagram at Sober Soapbox and you can use my link tree to subscribe, connect or email or you can email me directly on SoberSoapbox at Yahoo.com. Views expressed in this podcast do not constitute advice or services. The thoughts and opinions are mine solely and should not be substituted as professional or medical advice.